I, I think we've worked real hard over the last three or four months to bring this group together. They understand uh, the importance of these games and the importance of being a national team player. Hello, soccer fans. Welcome to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 69. I'm not joined by my brother Nihal today. He, unfortunately, well, fortunately, depending on however you want to look at it, um, got a job with Columbus Crew SC, and because of media rules, um, he will not be able to participate on this podcast until December, after the MLS season is done. So until then, it'll be a mix of me doing it on my own, maybe getting some different guests in. But um, it's definitely going to be different than it was before, but I still look to provide consistent content to you guys um, over the next nine months. So why don't we get right into it. Today's episode is going to mainly be about the U.S. men's national team roster for this next pair of World Cup qualifiers versus Honduras and Panama. Alright, so the first thing I'm going to do here is just quickly go through the roster and then I'll talk a little bit about it. Okay, so for goalkeepers, we have David Bingham, Tim Howard, and Nick Romando. For defenders, we have Demarcus Beasley, Matt Beasler, John Brooks, Jeff Cameron, Omar Gonzalez, Michael Orozco, Tim Ream, Jorge Villafania, Walker Zimmerman, and Graham Zuzzi. And midfielders, we have Kellen Acosta, Alejandro Bedoya, Michael Bradley, Jermaine Jones, Sasha Kledgeton, Sebastian Lechet, Dax McCarty, Darlington Nagby, and Christian Pulisic. Our forwards, we have Josie Altidore, Clint Dempsey, and Jordan Morris. Um, so, I- I'm generally positive about this roster. Um, obviously, we didn't, we don't have Bobby Wood and Fabian Johnson, two significant players who are out due to injury. Um, that is going to change how I see the starting lineup a little bit. But, uh, in terms of actual snubs, there weren't any huge ones to me, besides from Benny Fellhaber. I really wanted to see Benny Fellhaber in this game, or in these games, rather. And, um, it's something that we criticized Jurgen Klinsmann for a long time about, and we were hoping that uh, Bruce Arena could consistently bring him in. But, uh, there are going to be more opportunities for that, so I'm okay. And the other midfielder op- midfield options seem to be pretty solid. Um... The magnitude of these games, b- before I talk a little bit about uh, what the potential lineup can be, is is huge. Right now, the U.S. is sitting at 6th in the hex with the worst goal differential, too. Uh, it certainly didn't help after that 4-0 loss against Costa Rica. Um, so we're sitting at 6th. Trinidad and Tobago is at 5th. Honduras at 4th. Panama at 3rd. Mexico 2nd. And Costa Rica 1st. Honduras right now, they've got a lot to play for in this game. They, they, they see that opportunity. They're sitting in that inter-confederation playoff spot right now, and they're going to want to come into this game and win. They're going to want to come into San Jose Stadium and attack, and th- that is going to be dangerous. And, you know, j- just based on watching their last game against Trinidad and Tobago, all their goals were off the counterattack, and they've got... Elise and Kyoto, two Houston Dynamo wingers that play up top that are very fast, and we're going to have to watch for that a lot, which is why I'm not so mad about DeAndre Yedlin not being in this game, because, I mean, DeAndre Yedlin does like to overlap, does like to attack, and Jeff Cameron will probably have to be the replacement who, um, you know, he's he's naturally by trade a center back so it's he's going to not be as attacking as DeAndre Yedlin would may not leave us as exposed at the back but with that why don't I get into what my lineup is for this game Tim Howard a goalkeeper um obviously the most experienced out of any of the keepers on this lineup Brad Guzan is expecting a child so he he will not be playing there I I probably would have picked Howard either way to be honest though um Jeff Cameron at right back as I said before um, playing 
right center back, I would like to see Omar Gonzalez. Left center back, I'd like to see Brooks. Um, and left back, Viafania. And then at defensive mid, because uh, I'm playing a 4-1-3-2, and at defensive mid, I'd like to see Michael Bradley. Um, <laughs> Jurgen Klinsmann tried to deploy him a lot in an attacking midfield role uh, towards the the uh, the latter part of his tenure, and I didn't like to see that. It's it's very he has a lot of versatility when he's playing in just that number six role. He can drop back between the center backs. He can he can get a little bit more attacking. He can stop those dangerous counterattacks in the midfield. Make up for maybe a mistake that he makes or his teammates make before it turns ugly. And I really think that Michael Bradley can be the player that he uh, needs to be in this in this position. Um, the three above him, I'd like to see pull. Or I wouldn't necessarily like to see, but actually, I would like to see. Uh, maybe, maybe Dempsey instead of Bedoya. Let me just say, sorry. Uh, Christian Pulisic, Alejandro Bedoya, and Darlington Nagby. Um, Christian Pulisic, obviously showing very well recently, scored a goal for Borussia Dortmund in the Champions League. Um, still 18 years old. I, I was thinking earlier that he was 20, just because it seems like he's been consistently performing for so long. And I was, I was like, it was actually surprised to see that he was 18. I just can't believe it. And I know if I thought about it, I would have figured that out. But great kid, and I cannot hype him up enough. Um, please, to all U- U.S. fans, do not get all cynical about him if he doesn't have the best game. I mean, he's already scored. Uh, He's already scored uh, multiple goals for the U.S. now, and it's just, he's, he's 18, and he, he's one of the best players we have, so please don't get out of about that. Alejandro Bedoya playing that number 10 role. Um, I think that Bedoya is a pretty consistent player, usually doesn't make too many mistakes, and he, he's not a selfish player, and I think that Dempsey does have that issue occasionally, playing that number 10 role, and... Uh, I, I like I like Bedoya in that uh, trident. And Nagby on the left, he's been playing there for the Timbers, doing a good job. He's always going to be a player that provides an attacking spark, and that, that's going to be lethal. I um, We haven't been able to see Pulisic and Nagby together starting ever, I don't think. And we haven't even seen them play together under Bruce Arena, um, as Bruce Arena hasn't had the European talent to work with yet. So that'll be really interesting to see if we can see it. And um, the two at the top, I have Jordan Morris and Josie Altidore. Josie Altidore, consistent goal scorer. I'm, I'm tired of saying um, I don't want to see Josie Altidore anymore because, um, first of all, he's, he's shown well in the past year. And second of all, even if he's not showing well, he's still going to manage to score goals. He's one of the best options we got. So Altidore and then Jordan Morris alongside with him. Um, obviously, Altidore's hold-up play is a big part of his game. And overlapping runs from the other striker are important. And I think that Bobby Wood would do a really nice job um, in that role, overlapping Josie Altidore. And that, that is a great partnership. But Jordan Morris will do for now as Bobby Wood is injured. So uh, Jordan Morris, a player that you just love to see. He's always, he's always trying to go for those 50-50 balls. He's always working his ass off. And he is, he is a talent that we are going to want to preserve for a long time. Um, so Honduras, tactically, what I've been able to deduce from them is that they do change up their formation a lot. Um, 
a really interesting player that uh, that we're going to see who hasn't played in qualifying yet, but I think he will as he was recalled for this game is Andy Nahar, a right back for uh, Anderlecht. He's a young talent, I think 23, 24 years old, and he, he's able to attack as well as defend. And that matchup against um, Darlington Nagby is going to be something really exciting to see. Nagby might have a difficult time, but uh, which may put a bit more pressure on Pulisic from wing play, but uh, I'm not too worried about it. Um, and Elise and Kyoto, as I mentioned before, will probably be the striking partnership. It really depends. They also have Diego Reyes, not the Mexican Diego Reyes, but uh, the Honduran Diego Reyes, who can also play striker. It really depends what they're playing. But if they're playing two strikers, it'll probably be Elise and Kyoto um, fighting on that counterattack. Very fast players. And uh, Kyoto has had a great season. Three goals in MLS so far. And Elise has a goal and an assist. Um... Uh, Boniac Garcia is a player that's familiar to a lot of U.S. fans, and he hasn't played as much for Houston Dynamo this this year, and I don't expect him to start in this game, but I think he will be uh, an important substitution coming off the bench. Uh, switching back to the U.S. side of things, Sebastian Lechet is a player who has been called up that I'm really excited about. I was calling for his name a lot during the Jurgen Klinsmann era. It's exciting to see that become a reality. He does have experience under Bruce Arena. That's probably one of the reasons that he brought him in. Um, he has experience playing out wide and in the central midfield, but uh, because of the roster and how much depth we have in the center of the park, I expect him to come on uh, as a substitute on the wing for Nagby or for Pulisic. Uh, looking at the starting lineup, it does look like Jorge Villafania is going to have room to bomb down the wing because uh, Darlington Nagby does like to pinch in a lot. He has experience playing attacking mid and center mid, so he's used to playing in that central position. And a lot of times, it just looks like he's playing there. So with, with Villafania bombing up the wing, that pretty much leaves a back three of Gonzalez, Brooks, and Cameron. Um, Gonzalez is a player who we haven't seen much because of that consistent uh, pairing of Brooks and Cameron in most games. But he's a player that I like, physically very gifted, and he does have experience with Bruce Arena as well, so um, it's 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 that's a good combination of center backs there too, and I think they're reliable enough. Um, I think Brooks is sometimes prone to individual mistakes. It's just an experience thing. He's definitely one of the more talented players and has one of the highest ceilings on the team. Uh, uh, coming on in terms of substitutes for in the midfield, I would say that Sasha Kledgston and Kalina Costa are my favorites. Kalina Costa has three goals in four MLS appearances so far for FC Dallas. Uh, incredible. Some of his goals have been really nice. Um, he originally played fullback, so he has the pace of a fullback, but he has the, the technical ability to allow himself to play in the midfield. Uh, Sasha Kledgston is also a player that can provide an attacking spark. I think he's um, a little bit of a better version of a mi mixed discarude, and he has—he really helped the turnaround of of the Red Bulls uh, in the in the past. Well, actually, no, nah, that, that's debatable because first yeah, they had Henri and Bradley Wright Phillips, but I, I think that the more recent pairing, uh, the most the most recent Red Bulls teams the past two years, he's been a big part of their success. So. Um, uh, yeah, and then in terms of in terms of forwards, the, the reason that I say that I don't want Clint Dempsey starting is because really there are only three forwards listed on this roster. So if you were starting Josie Altidore, or Jordan Morris, then Dempsey underneath, I don't know who you would really bring on up top. I really don't think there are that many options. So that's why I think you have to rest one of Altidore, Dempsey, and Morris, and just based on... You know, I think it will be Dempsey because based on who works best in a, in a two striking partnership, I could see 
Uh, I could see Dempsey and Morris and Dempsey and Altador too, but um, you know Dempsey's getting a little bit older. I, I think it makes sense for him to come on as a substitute because uh, I don't think there's any way he plays in the midfield with 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 who we have in the pool and with the lack of forwards that we have on the roster. This game is uh, is so huge. Uh, it's it's Bruce Arena's first competitive game, and if the U.S. doesn't get a win here. We got to go to Panama, and that's 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 not an easy game. This is our chance to get to get the easy points. Not easy. I, I'm not. I'm no disrespect to Honduras, but we get to host them, and we have we don't have the strongest of lineups in terms of uh, health, but we we have we have a lot of our key players. We have a lot of our main guys, and Bobby Wood is a big miss, but I do expect that Jordan Morris can do a lot of what he did. Um, I. I we are we are going to miss him and and Fabian Johnson also, um, Fabian Johnson could also be a miss. But I think that uh, now with how the lineup's looking and and who's going to be called up, Fabian Johnson's probably going to go back to fullback uh, in future games because we do have Nagby and Pulisic, who I expect to see starting from now on. And I don't think Viafania is 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 so bad of a of a replacement for him. Even though I know Fabian Johnson does have the ability to change games, but um, we all hope that he can uh, get back to full fitness. Uh, it, it was it was pretty worrying when we saw him go down from Mönchengladbach, but it shouldn't be a big thing long term. And uh, other than that, uh, I yeah. So I think that that's the starting eleven that I that I want to see. And then depending on what's happening in the game. Um, I would like to see Kellen Acosta come on. I'd like to see Sasha Kleshton and let Jack come on as well. But really, I, I, I'm not complaining if Dax McCarty or Jermaine Jones come on either. Jermaine Jones is suspended for the first game against Honduras, but he should be good to go for Panama. But it may not even matter if we lose to Honduras because then we might as well just give up on this whole qualifying thing. No, but <laughs> uh, it, it's it's really not looking good, and I am a little bit concerned. It's hard with this much pressure to go in and just get the get the points because the United States is going to be the favorite uh, regardless of how they've performed in qualifying so far. We do have a more talented team. We are playing on our own turf and it should it should be a win, which is why in a sense it's going to be harder for us to to, to collect those three points. But I, I'm, I'm confident that with this lineup, with Bruce Arena's coaching, that we can go and win, but we cannot sit back. We cannot um, we cannot let them take it to us because we have the we have the talent here to to play an attacking type of football, and that's what we're going to do, and that's that's what we should do, and that's what we're going to do, I believe. So, my prediction on March twenty fourth versus Honduras is going to be United States four, Honduras one. I know I'm not usually that positive. Maybe it's just because Nihal is not here, and I need to I need to balance uh, both personalities out there, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I will have a review episode coming of that uh, uh, after that game, and uh, I might also preview the Panama game in that same episode. So, uh, yeah, B- big takeaways are excited for Bruce Arena in, a fir- in his first competitive match, excited for Nagby and Pulisic, and um, do not underestimate the Honduras counterattack, and we're screwed if we do not win this game. All right, moving on. Um, I'm only going to talk about pretty much one other thing, and that was the Manchester City versus Liverpool game on Sunday, uh, Sunday morning. 
And uh, Manchester City came off a disappointing loss to AS Monaco in the Champions League before, as AS Monaco goes through. Congratulations to them to the uh, quarterfinals of the Champions League. And going into this game, Manchester City was in third place, while Liverpool was in fourth place, uh, and it ended up being the same way as uh, it was. It was held to a draw at the Etihad, with James Milner scoring the one goal for Liverpool and Sergio Aguero scoring the one goal for City. There's a lot of attacking uh, chances back and forth. There are a lot of missed penalty calls. I really don't even want to go into those, but I, I think Sterling in the 39th minute was brought down, um, but he also whiffed the shot. So I mean. That could have been called a penalty, and there, there, there was a couple later on that that could have been called penalties, but I think that both teams should really be kicking themselves for not scoring. So for City in the 39th minute, uh, David Silva delivers a great ball in, and Sterling misses it. Fernandinho, Fernandinho hits the post, and that that is a big chance for City. And in terms of Liverpool, um, Lalana. 80th minute, Wijnaldum plays a really good ball over the City defense to Firmino. One times it, it's on a platter for Lalana, but he can't convert it. That was the, the those were two points that Liverpool could have salvaged there and moved into third place. But that's just not how it ended up going out, um, going over. Uh, but I guess I should uh, go over the actual goals. So uh, in the 49th minute, Firmino had a tackle on Clichy. It was probably a penalty, but I mean, if they weren't, if he wasn't going to call some of the other calls, then I don't, I don't really see it. This is not one of the, not one of the more blatant penalties. And then James Milner, the former Manchester City man, converts it, and it's 1-0. And then uh, Sergio Aguero leveled it in the 69th. Uh, De Bruyne played a great ball into him, and it was just like clockwork for him. Uh, so, yeah, there could have been a lot more goals in this game. This is the first time Sergio Aguero scored against the top seven side this year. And a reason that City isn't higher in the table right now is because they haven't been able to do it against the top uh, the, the top seven teams in the Premier League. And, I mean, in contrast, Liverpool cannot finish off some of the easier teams. We just saw them. I know Leicester is on a comeback, but still, 3-1 uh, a couple weeks ago. Liverpool has to finish that game. But, but overall, against... Um, harder competition. Liverpool has 25 points out of 33 available, which is pretty good. Um, but Manchester City, they haven't been able to to beat some of the harder teams, and that 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 is one of the reasons that they were knocked out of the Champions League, and that's one of the reasons that they're not higher in this table right now. I picked Manchester City to to win the Premier League, and they do have flashes. They they are a very talented team, and they have a very good coach, but they haven't been able to put it together. And that's, you know, what I said before, that they can't beat higher competition. That is going to be pivotal in these next two games because they are going to the Emirates and Stamford Bridge right after international break is over on April 2nd and April 5th. And that is plenty of plenty enough points available for Liverpool and Manchester United to pass them. And suddenly Manchester City is not in the Champions League, more pressure on Guardiola. And it's, it's, really, it, it's really inexcusable for Manchester City to not perform better right now. I mean, they... they Spent a hundred million euros uh, in the summer, and and yeah, a lot of it can be can be uh, a fault to Pep Guardiola. I mean, he, playing Kolarov at center back and Bakary Sanya at center mid, um, he 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 hasn't created a real identity for many players on this roster, and they need to get it together. They are a team that is just really disappointing their fans and disappointing. Um, the progress that they that we've seen them make over the past five six years. So, 
Their next game is at Arsenal, as I said before. That's going to be a huge game for them, a huge game for Arsenal as well. And Liverpool's next game is against Everton at Anfield. Um, uh, This is kind of Everton's last chance to make one last push for the Champions League. It's still looking bleak for for them in terms of Champions League, but they've made a lot of progress uh, in this part of the season, and if they want any hope at the Champions League, they have to win this game in Anfield, which I think they can do, but I'm predicting um, a draw. Uh, yeah, Everton, Everton has the most points in 2017, and uh, Liverpool is six points ahead of Everton right now, so this is going to be huge for Liverpool to cement or further cement them into the Champions League and Everton to actually make a push to get into the Champions League. That's going to be a very exciting game. I think that's April 1st, uh, the Merseyside Derby, and uh, <laughs> those are always good games, no matter where each team uh, is in the table. Um, great atmosphere, uh, great, great performance, and maybe, if we're lucky, we'll get a fight or two. <laughs> um, yeah, so other than that, that was my Manchester City-Liverpool review. Um I look to put out more consistent episodes. My next one uh, is going to be after the next U.S. game, so on Friday or Saturday. And uh, I will also be previewing the Panama game in that episode. I look to do weekly podcasts reviewing MLS and European games. And uh, my brother is still helping me a lot in terms of preparing for the episodes and providing me with statistics. And um, so he's still being, he's still a big help. He still might tweet out his thoughts from the podcast. You can still ask him questions and I I can, you know, communicate from his point of view. He's still um, a soccer brother and uh, I, I'm definitely going to miss him, but we'll, we'll, we'll work with what we got and, um, you know, it is what it is. So it's a great opportunity for him. So, uh, you know, wish, wish him well and, uh, thank you for listening. We have an email for this podcast at soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We have a Twitter it's at soccerbrotherspod. Instagram, same handle, at soccerbrotherspod. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, review or rate us wherever you can. And um, we really appreciate that a lot. I apologize again for the lack of content. I will be getting into you out soon. And even if it's not as consistent the rest of uh, the spring, over the summer, I will go crazy on the Gold Cup and U.S. content. And... Um, uh, at least Nihal didn't miss next year because next year is the World Cup. If the U.S. make it, no, <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely make it. I, I believe, but um, it would be it would be bad if you missed that year. So um, I, I'm I'm excited to see what what direction this podcast heads. Uh, I also will probably be doing some World Cup profiles as we've talked about previously. So look out for those ahead of the World Cup, and uh, I'm really excited. Uh, but Friday. U.S. versus Honduras. Make sure you watch that game and wish us luck. Support the national team. It's not over. We've got a new coach now. Some new talent coming in. We're going to win this game. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you later.